Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Dez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the printers and talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Yo, what's goody, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. And, of course, the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my bros. Got B. Austin in the building. Got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Yo, the NCAA tournament is underway. Shout out to my um, Howard Bison, uh, who, who took that L. Um, and the annual NFL free agent frenzy is as well. So, look, we're going to discuss them both and a lot more. So sit back, relax, bust it up again with your brothers in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of your life. Episode 671 starts now. You can also get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, the number is 323-410-0012. What up, fams? Peace, God. Well, Peace up. well that, dance, that dance was short-lived, but we knew, <laughs> we knew what it was. That dance was short. The DJ cut <laughs> to a new song in the middle of the dance, middle of the jump. <laughs> Yo, but before we get into all that, man, rest in power to a legend. Rest in power to the good brother, and I'm throwing up the air quotes around brother, the good brother, Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell, a musician who a lot of people didn't know until their, you know, (laughs) middle-aged adult years that Bobby Caldwell wasn't a brother, but um, shout out to him for one of the best black songs ever made. (laughs) A man was a black artist, he just wasn't black, him and Tina Marie. Right. You saw that little thing that's going around, how they pointed out, um, like, his first album cover? The album cover, yeah. They had him kind of like a little shadow, a little silhouette, because, you know, people are thinking they didn't really want you to know that this soulful, melodic dude was a white dude, so they went with the ruse, <laughs> even throughout, you know, his, his first album whatever. Y'all think it's something to that or just coincidence because the brother ended up being, you know, another Michael McDonald? I think think there's 100% to that. And Tina Marie, well, not that he's Tina Marie, but she actually said her folks admitted to it. Like, yeah, they planned that, man. Yeah. Go on with it. See, I think that would have hurt sales if people knew that they were white. Probably not. You know, black people, we love white folks that can do what we do. We give them extra credit. So that's, that's why I'm asking. So, like, what the hell? So what's the point? Or did they just not know that? I mean, that I think that, at, at, yeah, at the time, they didn't realize that, you know, if they put him out there, then, then other folks would support him more than, you know, the creators of this genre. Um, 
you know, I mean, they, 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 they didn't, didn't realize, Jim, that we always got infinite invitations to the cookout that we be trying to give out for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize. They didn't that. They, they, they get an invitation. Years. He would have got his invitation. Yeah, they didn't have all the data. <laughs> Take that for data. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they ain't know all the information, man. They didn't know they can open up to people. My fault. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, rest in power to the to the brother, Bobby Caldwell. Um, before we get started, man, we've got to remind you guys that whether you're with us live or not, anytime on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show, The War Room, and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at our website, warroomsports.com. You can do that on any of the major podcast listening platforms that you might already use because we're there. There's never an excuse to miss an episode. Uh, you also don't want to miss an episode of the other shows on the network, man. Hottest podcast, hottest hip-hop podcast in the game, Tissue and the Tape, uh, the Broad Street Line, and, and Superstars, if you're into Philly sports, uh, the best of the best. John Appetit, if you call yourself a foodie. And look, if you like to watch TV, if you like movies, if you're into all that, even if you don't get to watch a lot, but you want to know what you're missing out on, Check out On the Couch with the Wilsons because they watch everything so you don't have to. So check out everything on the network. All right, let's get into these hot topics, which are brought to you by my bookie. War Room family, it is NCAA tournament time, so it's time. I mean, I know you threw a bracket out there, but if you still haven't checked out my bookie to go ahead and place you a bet, then it's time to stop wasting time and do that. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports, all the games in the NCAA tournament. March Madness is upon us. Um, everything going on in the NBA, just join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your bread. You get your bread fast. They even have in-game live betting. You can place wagers after the game starts. So join now, and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to a grand. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get your money. That's all there is to it. Excuse me. So, uh, speaking of the NCAA tournament, fellas, did y'all fill out a bracket this year? Yo, I haven't filled out a bracket since the pandemic started. Yo, same here. It just don't hit the same for me no more. Um, yeah. I mean, plus, like I told y'all, yeah, 13 years of talking to you people out there. I don't even like sports no more. So, nah, I ain't fill out mm-hmm. one either. Um <laughs> y'all, y'all make a brother lose his luster for, for the games of amusement. But um, I didn't fill one out. Of course, the biggest story in, in my household was that uh, my Howard University Bison made it to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1992. So pretty much this is the first time Howard made the NCAA tournament since I've been affiliated with the school because my affiliation didn't start until 1995. Now, I know and hoop with some brothers from the 1992 team. They were actually freshmen on that team, B. Shout out to Tommy Brown. Shout out to Art Crowder. Uh-huh. Shout out to Corey Beard, who were all freshmen on that 1992 team and still around trying to grab degrees <laughs> and, and trying to grab some ankles while we were uh, still in school. In, um, in, 2000, in 2002 and 2003. But you know, as shout B out said, to them. as B said, um, in the open, 
It was short-lived. The dance was very short-lived because um, Howard did play earlier today at 2 p.m. And, of course, you know, when the MEAC teams make it in, a lot of times they get the overall number one seed, which they did in the Kansas Jayhawks, defending champions from last year, overall number one seed. Um, it was an interesting game probably for the first 10, 12 minutes. Howard actually held a 27-26 lead. And then from then on, Kansas started to show why they were Kansas. The size difference started to show. Kansas got second and third chances on every missed shot that they had. Um, it was Lob City on the fast breaks. They just, you know, just showed that there are levels to this. But, you know, at this age, especially in adulthood, I don't do much in the way of moral victories. But when we understand how things are set up in college sports, how, you know, certain programs how are Purdue built. wants them to be. You're right, you're right. Certain programs are built to to be a certain way, while others are kind of, you know, not able to be on that same plane. You do get, you do get a sense of, of moral victory out of this. They showed well for a while, at least. Um, most importantly, the uniforms was bomb. <laughs> uniforms was crazy. And for the people yeah, that was hard there, body karate. I don't, who, I don't know who designed them. You know they're under Jordan those. brand now. So they're going to get the best of the best of the best, sir. But for the, for the folks who, 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 who missed it and didn't get it and was probably wondering, I mean, if you even know, you know, HBCU culture anyway, you might not even know that Howard didn't wear their traditional colors of blue and white or blue, red, and white. They wore red, black, and green uniforms with a cursive, uh, the Mecca, the key. On, the, on their chest. So this has to be the first HBCU to jump into the tournament and, and, and represent Mother Africa on their ass and not just themselves. It was, it, it was bigger than just Howard themselves. And um, I, I was definitely feeling that because there was no color pattern similar similar to what you know, they usually wear, not even their alternative type uniforms. And and I think that was a hot little, you know, shout out to, to the culture. Uh, what did y'all think about the game? At least as far I mean, as it lasted. Yo, the white, yo, the white boy, uh, I happened to tune name? in. I happened to tune in and when, when Kansas started being Kansas, I, I tuned out. But the uniforms was hard body karate. <laughs> and I need one. Yo, yo, that 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 uh, the pale brother from Kansas that looks weird. Like um, Richard, somebody uh, Gre- what's his name? Um, yo, Gre- who name? Grady, Grady Richard. Richard. His name is Grady Dick, but I'm going to call him Grady Richard. Yeah, Grady Richard. Yeah, like Grady Richard. Grady yo, why he jump like that? Yo, why why he got bunnies like that and can shoot, but. Hey, man, but, the big um, head boy yeah, with, man, the, so, uh, with the frohawk. Big head boy caught, like, six lives. I'm like, yo, my guard big head boy on the break. Like, he ain't going to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, he, yeah, he, like he, he, Grady, the boy Grady, man. He looked like he didn't visit, played a hard heart. He didn't visit Howard in 98 <laughs> and, and get to see how uh, – Sam, you used to come in there with all athletes, like track and football athletes, and just throw lives on us all day, just all lives. But um, yeah. 
you know, it was it was a it was a good showing for the first half. I mean, that. you know, the second half looked like they kind of like you know ran out of gas. And Kansas, I mean, they are the defending champs. I think I think they won last year. Um, yeah. So, you know, and Bill Self had to duck out just in case they uh, lost. He wasn't going to take that, you know. So they're gonna let the black man take that is, on the chin. They're gonna let the it black man take is, that man. on the chin if they lost. Yeah, I, 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 I peeped that too. Um, yeah, you peeped that. Yeah, but it was one of those things like, okay, you're the little school. The, the David is going to get up to to fight the the Goliath, right? And but but there's levels to this, and most of the time the cream is going to rise to the top. So as longer longer as the game goes on, you know, the more order is going to be restored. A team, you know, a small school like Howard is going to come out, punch, and give their best punch, and then punch themselves out, and then Kansas is going to be like, all right. Y'all don't think it's finished. <laughs> now it's time to beat you down into a corner. But once again, another, you know, big program who got into the tournament and and, and didn't show their opponent that they were uh their levels to this. Virginia once again gets into the tournament as a was a thirteen seed this time I'm sorry, a four seed this time and lost. <laughs> To a thirteen, what's up with Virginia? Because this this isn't like a one time thing for them. Like Virginia has been known to choke. You know, besides the year that they finally got through and won the whole thing. You know, but even then they were supposed to be that competitive a few years before, a few years after. So they lost today to Furman. How does how does Virginia lose to Furman? How does that happen? I don't know. Only Furman I know is Mark. Like so, Mark. Yeah, I, I have, but, but you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Like I don't know, cause the, the people that Virginia has sold the farm so many times, but he's not even the same, not the same coach, same player, same everything. I don't know the the town is cursed. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Virginia. Be like, I said it to y'all. I said, yo, they stay selling the farm. I mean, they do. They are from Charlottesville, so I mean, you know what happens in Charlottesville. So. This is true. Just, this is true. Just throwing that out there. They don't want nobody to replace them. <laughs> um, just to catch you everybody up on things, just in case hey, you know y'all yo. don't have TVs at work. Uh, number eight Maryland beat uh, number nine West Virginia. Uh, of course, we just told you number thirteen Furman upset number four Virginia, sixty-eight, sixty-seven. Uh, Missouri number ten. I'm sorry, number seven seed Missouri took care of business against number 10 seed Utah State. Kansas uh, beat Howard by 28 points. Um, uh, Alabama took care of business against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which was the team that won one of the first four games, the play-in, as they should be called, and they're trying to hide that. They beat them 96-75. And San Diego State, number five seed, beat number 12 College of Charleston, uh, 6357. So those are the games that have a final so far. And San Diego State was like, you know, I know it happens in every tournament, but we are not going to be the first five seed to lose to a 12 this year. So they handled their business. But, you know, we got three more of those games to go. I expect some five seed to drop one to a 12 seed just because it happens. Um, but the fact that I didn't fill out a bracket, I really don't know who the hell's playing who and when it's happening. So, you know, if it happens. Just remember, we said it was going to happen. All right, so um, 
NFL newsman, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Have they made that deal? Have they made that official yet? Because at this point, we've already heard Aaron Rodgers finally came out and said he wants to be a member of the Jets. The Jets are yeah. picking up people that's on Aaron Rodgers' wish list. And, you know, they're going to move forward and do that. The only thing is, Green Bay hasn't made a deal with the Jets for Aaron Rodgers as of yet. So this is the biggest story going on in um, NFL free agency, but it's really a non-story until they actually get a deal done. But if they do, go ahead and get the deal done, if if play ball and let Aaron Rodgers go to where he says he wants to go. Um, How do y'all think this will bode for the New York Jets? Do y'all think they're talented enough to add an Aaron Rodgers and a few other pieces here and there and become immediate contenders? Yo, uh, with, 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 uh, with the campaign, y'all don't even give a number. But no, but seriously, though, I kind of feel that way too. But I, the Jets, then we saw this with um, Brett Favre. And, I mean, at the end of the Yo, day, they got coming, a nice look. Is he becoming his Brett? That's crazy. Huh? Is he becoming no, but, Brett but, he following no, in the footsteps. He just don't sit around throwing interceptions or send or send um you know, no crotch shots at women unsolicited or steal money from poor people in Mississippi. Anyway, with all that being said, or, or at least he hasn't gotten caught yet. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, he just got a, a, a you know, never mind. Me, me chill. But here's the thing, though, the Jets. I hate when teams do this, right? You were really starting to turn that program around. You got a not a lot of nice young talent. You had the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year, and it's like you try to skip steps by just bringing him in instead of trying to like really develop talent and get yourself to be a perennial winner. And the thing about skipping steps is, even if you have a level of success, I don't think you're a Super Bowl uh, favorite. Um, are you really going to be setting yourself up backwards because you're not grooming any young player at that position that can be with you for a while? So, I mean, I don't like to play. I understand it. I just don't like it. I mean, I don't know what their plans are with the young ball, but even if they pick him up, they can still, quote-unquote, groom Zach Wilson. I don't think Zach has control of the locker room right now because of a lot of the comments he made when he was playing like Juice last last season. So he might need to take a seat for a minute, whether it was Aaron Rodgers or anybody else. So if he is still a part of their future plans, maybe the situation isn't that excuse me, bad of a situation for him to be in. But this is a question I'll ask you guys, because Packers want a first-round pick as the deal starter. So they want they want uh, a first-round pick as the base of the deal. They want other stuff. They want, you know, other players. They want protection in 2025 in the event that Rodgers plays in 2024. And – they said if they're if the Jets are willing to offer something like a conditional package that would entail as much as a second round pick this year and up to a second round pick next year, the Packers might be willing to play ball on that. But would you guys be willing to pay a first round pick and more um, for a 38 year old quarterback? Granted, before this year, the last two years he was back to back MVP, still playing at a very high level. Would you guys be willing to do this? I would if I was closer to a Super Bowl than New York 
Jets are. If if he was the missing piece, I believe that Aaron Rodgers has enough in the tank to come through in a missing piece scenario. But I still think they're a couple of pieces away. They're they're going to be entertained. They're going to win some games. I could even see them going eleven and eleven and six. Not not twelve and five, but you know eleven and six, maybe twelve and five. But I, I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs in the AFC and beat. They they not beating the top dogs in the AFC. So I think it's an interesting move. I think the, the the Packers are going to try and leverage and get as much as they can, but they're sick of him, and they want him gone, and he wants to be gone, and teams kind of know that. So it's going to be interesting as to what they get back because teams can sit back and just make them pay his salary and say, hey, get rid of him or y'all got to pay that money, and you got Jordan Love trying to come out of the wings. What are you going to, so I don't know how much leverage the Packers have in this situation, but to the Jets, yeah, man, he, he's, he's going to make them a play. He's going to make them an entertaining team and they were already entertaining, but he's a more entertaining, more wins, but less, not, not. But, the, but that's what I was about to ask you though, B. A lot of times this season, that's what we heard though. Like, man, that's a shame. The Jets are, you know, wasting away all this talent because they got right. trash at the quarterback position. So it seems like the sentiment Which was I don't, out there I don't think that they were a quarterback either. away from being a contender. And you don't think, you know. Yeah. I'm talking about contention. I mean, I mean nobody's just going to come and, and, you know, you know, Super Bowl's not promised to anybody. But Nah, contention. so I, I just don't think this gets them the bowl. And I think that, you know, long term – and, and I'm also not giving up a first. Like, I'm just not giving up a first. You give up a first-round pick for a 40-year-old quarterback. I know he's like 38, but still, that's 40. Like, no. And and a quarterback that'll – not that – like you said, not that he can't play at a high level, but if you're the Jets, you don't even know how long this dude wants to play. He was talking about possibly retiring. Exactly. You know, when this offseason started. He said he was going to go into his little, you know, retreat his little privacy retreat and then emerge after he's thought about them, some things to think to see what he wanted to do. I mean, that might've been a situation where he's like, if I can't get out of green Bay, it's either green Bay or retirement. Maybe his tune changes up if he gets to go and play somewhere else. But before you even think about, you know, dealing number ones and some more stuff, like you got to get some reassurances from dude, like, we're not just going to have you for one year, right? Because we're going to be throwing away a lot of stuff to get you and trying to make this move. Like, we need, I don't know. Like, I heard some people today saying, man, that's Aaron Rodgers. I'll give you two first-round picks if you ask for it. And I'm like, I don't know about all that. And this is why some of these dudes just talk and they don't run organizations. <laughs> they run organizations in the ground thinking that, you know, it's fantasy football and you're just giving up assets just that easy but we'll see he's, he's finally come come out at least in voice that he wants to be a new york jet i mean i know that has to feel good for jet fans. When's the last time they had a quarterback what's up breaking yeah. news um yeah shams is uh shams uh the nba writer just uh dropped a little story saying that lonzo ball jojo won the mvp no lonzo ball is expected to miss 
Um, Two more if years. If not all, most of next of next season. Damn. He might just have to go ahead and retire. <laughs> hey, what the hell Because what is what what does his knee have that 2023 medicine can't fix? Remember back in the day when an ACL might have been a death sentence for your career. Yeah, he must have never going to be the same. Now ACLs Yo. happen and dudes come ACLs back better. ACLs don't even matter. Right. Aaron Davis like, came back. People with want to do that these days because you come back with a better ACL when the, when Doctor Andrew. He must got some some like you know something that's something way more generative. Yeah, that's kind of wild, but yeah. So that's all. It's freaking news. Damn, damn. I, I feel sorry for the bull. I'm pretty sure B. Austin don't, but you know, at some point you gotta be able to feel for the bull. Not well, like he I don't want to. I feel sorry play. for his dad. I feel sorry for his brother. I'm like, yo, can y'all just let me take his place? And they're like, nah, you're not good enough. <laughs> can Jello get a run? Damn. His knee still works. Yo, <laughs> a lot of people forgot Lonzo Ball was in the NBA. And that's a shame because he had just really, really started to make a name for himself. He was never a bum. He was always pretty good. But that Chicago deal, it seemed like a good fit for him. And, and the cats he was playing with. So, yep, we ain't going to see him for a while. So, his career, in my opinion, is in jeopardy. All right, so uh, anything notable um, happen in NFL free agency for you guys besides this Aaron Rodgers thing? Not even just the, the pickups, but some people got cut. Jalen Ramsey. The Ezekiel Elliott uh Experiment is over in Dallas. I guess they're going to pass the reins yeah. to, to Pollard, even though Pollard – didn't Pollard get hurt in the playoffs? Like, I don't yeah, know. He might he not have either one of them, dude. Yeah, so I don't, I don't Yo, really what I, know. What I don't understand is – it's funny because um, <laughs> Hank brought this up yesterday. He said, you know, the NFL, the salary cap and all – like the trade deadline, everything they do is just mad, ultra-complicated for no reason whatsoever. Um, These these lot of moves being announced, they can't even actually happen yet, can they? No, and then some of the some of the moves, even people getting cut. Some of these cuts are post June first cuts, so it's really not even Yo. official until after June first, and that that's what went down with the Eagles and Darius Slay, and then they ended up coming back to the table and apparently got something done. So so Darius Slay. So my thing is, you gonna cut to me? Philly. You gonna cut me two months ahead of time? Like, what if I want to work out? Can I still pull up, or because I'm being cut <laughs> two months, I can't? Nah. And that's the thing. I guess can somebody, you know, pick you up early? Even though that can't be official. Like it, it is, man. It's, it's mad complicated for no reason. Um, I saw something that said, um, for the Eagles, was it Kazir White? No, no, no. I'm sorry, because he left too. Um, Hassan Reddick and AJ Brown both have options in their contract for this season. If they're both making like $16 million, $17 million, um, respectively this year. But if the Eagles exercise the options, these dudes would only make $1.08 million this season. So I'm like, who signs some shit like that? Furthermore, what club is cutthroat enough to exercise an option like that because I'm sure if you exercise that option, neither one of these dudes is showing up to camp. Nor week one, nor week two, nor week three. Like, if you do that, you're telling somebody, like, 
yo, I, I have no respect for you. And and those are two players that it's you know, got to be like that's got to be a way of like massaging the books. They, they don't that's massaging the cap. Yeah. They, they, right. So I mean, for me, in that situation, I feel that you would have to tell them this is what we're going to do, but we're going to restructure you. For now, we're going to pick up your op- option, and we're going to restructure you, and they have to tell you yes or no if they're down for that restructure. It's some real cutthroat stuff to say, yo, we're picking up this option, and that's it. You got to show up for camp. Yo, I might jot a building. Like, that's somebody getting kidnapped. Yo, hey, yo. Somebody, you said the beans coming out. Somebody going to feel how these hollow tips feel. That's Josh. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yo, it's free to fill a hollow. Yeah. <laughs> he actually tweeted yo. that to somebody, man. Josh is out of control. Josh is out of control right now. So, uh, yeah, uh, so like I said, Ezekiel Elliott is done in Dallas. Kind of knew that was coming when he kind of fell back to being, you know, backup status but was making so much money. Um, Eagles and lost half their defense. So a, a Super Bowl push for a second season in a row is going to be really, really difficult unless Howie Roseman, you know, pulls out the, the, the magic wand. Um, a lot of people – do believe that Howie Roseman attended Hogwarts Academy. Um, it's funny, though, how you hear people talk about Howie now and how you heard him talk about him during the, you know, the, the first Super Bowl, but how you also how you heard him talk about him before the Super Bowl and then a year after the Super Bowl. Yo, Eagles fans irk me, yo. They, they really do. They really do. <laughs> Howie go from being – the worst GM in the league, not knowing what he's doing, to now everybody's believing in Howie as a magician, how we going to get it done, blah, blah, blah. It all hey, wears man, off when after he solves while, everything. going to be talking the same stuff. Winning solves everything. Yeah, yeah, winning definitely solves anything. Um, I mean, Juju, he's not even back with KC after all the, the, the noise dude was making after the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you, you won the Super Bowl. You get a chance to make some noise, but you know, ball not even. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, B, anything that caught your eye in free agency? Yeah, um, Javon Hargrave is a Forty Nine er. They just got crazier on the defensive end. Yeah, that was uh, that was painful to see him go. Uh, long live. Uh, Ezekiel's uh, halter top, man. Rest in peace. Um, I thought it was that's interesting. Got, that's why he got cut. <laughs> that and his With nose ring. Um, shout out to Jalen Ramsey. Headed to the Dolphins. They now have the best secondary uh, in the world. Allegedly. Um, On paper. That's On paper. I wonder what those I wonder what those practices and training camps are going to be be like with Xavier Howard on the other side, uh, battling Jalen Waddle and 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 uh, Bo Tariq. Um, I thought it was interesting to see Dallas sign Stephon Gilmore. I think that's an interesting move. I believe that he has he's so technically sound that I'm sure that he has more in the tank based on his technical ability more so than his athleticism. 
I just find it funny that I, I find it funny when I see Jerry Jones uh, being frugal because you sign Stephon Gilmore because at 32 he's making 7.4 million, and if he asks for a new deal, he's probably not going to ask for more than 8 million a season based on his age. But you had a chance to go after Jalen Ramsey, and you know that's going to cost you. That's gonna cost you sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to. You, you, I, it's just funny seeing him be fruit because I still think Stephon Gilmore is a top ten, definitely top fifteen corner. So you cool. You got it. You got something steady on the other side of uh, interception, man. But I, I, I just he, think he wasn't that this that, year. We tried to tell Cowboy fans that kind of season is hard to duplicate. Especially he, when you're not he, you know actually that good. You know what's funny? He He's never going to duplicate that interception-wise, but that's actually because he is improving. Now, funny enough, Curry, improving, yeah. he's not top 20 yet, if he ever will be. But he is improving, and he's improving to the point where they throw to the other side. A lot of that was they had boo-boo. They had X, XFL players playing opposite him. So why not throw, go after them? But he has improved as a corner. He got all them picks, as we've explained almost infinity times, because people were throwing the ball at him and he gave up 1,100 yards and like 84 completions. He's terrible. Like 10 touchdowns. <laughs> he was terrible. My man gave up a Pro Bowl season for them, for them 11 picks. All right, so here's some of the quarterback updates, and you tell me which of these quarterbacks are actually going to do something to to help their new team. Derek Carr is now a Saint. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. Baker Mayfield to the Bucks. Jacoby Brissett to the Commandos. Um, Taylor Heineke to the Falcons. Andy Dalton to the Panthers. Sam Darnold to the 49ers. And Gardner Minshew to the Colts. Um, and speaking of the Panthers, you know, Andy Dalton is there, going there. Um, he's going there with a running back because Miles Sanders from Philadelphia is uh, has signed with the Panthers as well. Um, what did you say about Jacoby Brissett and the Commandos? First of all, do you think he'll be starting for the Commandos next season, or are they all in on, on Howell? They're, they're, they're going to have a quarterback battle. They're leaning towards Howell. I just don't know how good he is. So because of obvious reasons, if you listen to the program, I would like to see Jacoby Brissett go ahead and get one for the home team. Um, But being as they're in my division, whichever one stinks the most, that's why I want to actually quarterback. So, you know, it's hard. um, It's hard rooting for or supporting someone that plays for that team. So, you know, seeing Carson Wentz there was tough for, for, for me. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think it'll end up being how, but Jacoby will push. He'll push for the starting job. The Giants added uh, tight end uh, Waller from the Raiders. I think that's a, a very good pickup considering they just paid his quarterback pro- $40 million a season. I think that's a problem for us. As Eagles fan. I yeah, that's, that's a, a big problem. problem. If he can stay healthy, but, you know, when healthy, dude is definitely a problem. 
He is definitely a problem. And he's he's one of them quarterback binkies. So um, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, then got him one of them binkies. So if he can stay healthy, that that is going to be issues for everybody else in the division. All right, man, so our stat of the week. John Morant, missing games, not due to this. Um, I don't know if you heard. I don't know. Um, not you, B, but everybody out there. John Morant has now been suspended by the NBA for conduct detrimental to the league. Um, he suspended eight games. However, since he's already missed about five, that counts towards his eight-game suspension. So he should be eligible, I believe, on, on Monday to return. So I started a week. Um, because that's another thing. At first, he stepped away from the team. I think the Grizzlies might have suspended him for two. And then he stepped away from the team. So those, when he stepped away, I believe he was still eligible, eligible to get paid for those games. But now that the NBA stepped in and imposed the suspension and making it retroactive, then he won't be getting paid for, I believe, those eight games after the two when the Grizzlies um, suspended him for two. So John Morant missing games due to the eight-game suspension could mean that he doesn't make an all-NBA team which means he'd miss out on a potential $39 million bonus. In essence, that strip club visit could cost him $40 million instead of just the $50,000 that he allegedly blew in the strip club that night. I, honest, I honestly believe at this point with the, with the, the way that this has all panned out, I think that's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to miss all, all pro. He, even if it, even if he deserves to make it. Right. Because remember who votes on it. Remember who votes on it. Media members, right? Oh, so they yeah. all got, yeah, they all got opinions on him right now. They probably already took him out of their minds. Like, like he you said, would, not he even would, possible. He would, have to average, he would have to average 36, 12, and 12. And they still might not give it to him. <laughs> he would have to have his 36, 12, 12. So that's, 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 that's that. Have you seen a more expensive night at the strip club? <laughs> nah. Only heard, of, only heard of the shakes and the sultans doing stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe Big Meech yeah, and him. Big Ben, Big ben Hamir. <laughs> Maybe, but not not John Morant. Uh, Maybe Big Meech in them, <laughs> but but Ja Ja tripping. All right. So speaking of him, oh, John Morant sat down with Jalen Rose for an exclusive interview. Um, did you happen to see this interview? It was only about four or five minutes long. Did, were you able to watch it yet? No, no I didn't. Right. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I heard about it. I still have to watch. It. It's about seven minutes long. It's about five minutes long, and it's Jalen Rose lobbing this dude very slow, underhand pitches. Um, it was a very basic interview. It's like Jalen, I guess, he's just not used to being on a level where he's getting an exclusive because the questions to me were terrible. Um, you can kind of tell if you know 
you know, if you're a part of the culture, one, and you know how to read between lines, you can kind of tell that the whole purpose of this one-on-one was for Jalen to help shoot this dude some bail. Yeah, I was so about questions, to say, it sounds like it was yeah. to help, help God. Yeah, his questions were like, he was like leading him with his questions, you know, to the message that he wanted to help Jai put out there. Like one of his questions was, out of the blue, whose gun was it? Like why why is that the first question? Why why like before you even ask him like what are you doing in the strip club with a gun on live? You know, instead of asking questions like that that might be hard to answer or might sound stupid when you try to make an excuse or a response to that, he asked him whose gun was it? So of course Jai's immediate answer was it was somebody else's gun because I think that's what Jalen wanted him to answer, and that's probably what they planned, you know, before the interview. But it was like little, you know, lob questions like that that were very easy to answer. Um, from a PR standpoint, I don't really think Ja did anything positive for himself with this interview. Like I think he would have done better putting out a statement of apology and making sure his team leaked a video of him doing the gritty with his daughter or some shit like that. Like, real talk, I think that would have done more for him than this sit-down with Jalen Rose. So when you actually watch it, B, you'll, you'll, you'll probably understand um, what I'm trying to say. Um, the funny part is people that I feel can't read between the lines took it a whole different way. And it, it's just another example of perception and perspective just being crazy and being so much different between different individuals because I heard some people out there saying, you know, Jalen seemed like the ops with the kind of questions that he was asking. I'm like, what? I'm like, Jalen was clearly trying to help this man with these little weak-ass questions where people was out, out here like, yeah, Jalen been around Stephen A. too long. and Why are he asking him this and why are he asking him that? And I'm like, yo, and, and perception is just, is you know, it's a hell of a thing, I'm, man. How different human beings can interpret things totally different ways. I'm gonna elaborate on that because we live in pseudo false dumbass street culture, um, and it really is so sad and dumb because I, I think that I ain't even gonna go there. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm I'm going to say this. They're looking at it from that perspective because they're used to DJ Vlad asking questions that incriminate, and they're now ascribing that to Stephen A. And then in their little pea brains, sing that along to Jalen. The difference is, even to Stephen A. Smith, when Stephen A. Smith gets an exclusive and Jalen has an exclusive, They're interviewing world-class athletes who make millions of dollars who are not from the street life and shouldn't have anything to do with the street life. So asking him a question that he then answers that may incriminate someone else, the dude is a civilian. There is no ops. There is no snitching. He's a multi, 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 multi squadrillionaire playing basketball. What are we talking about? And the point of what him doing this is to 
you know, fix his image, absolve him of, you know, what people are, are thinking of him right now. So throwing names out there, like he has to get as far away from some of this stuff as he possibly can. But I just, I just think it wasn't a very well-conducted interview. It was quick. I don't think Ja helped himself in any way, <laughs> form, or fashion um, doing this interview. Um, but let me know when you listen to it, B, so we can uh, so we can rap about it. All right, Dame Lillard um, sat down, I believe, with JJ Redick, and he talked about how he thinks the NBA have lost its way because now for everybody, especially you know the fans and how they look at everything. It's all about championships because, you know, the, the criticism Dame gets. Like, people actually criticize this man for not being a, a millionaire and rolling out trying to play with, with other superstars. Like, that's Yo. something we criticize people for in 2020, for not having Yo, I, the competitive I, I, I fight to want to fight it out yourself and make something of your situation. This is what we criticize people for these days. So Dame Lillard says, I think the NBA's lost its way because, you know, this whole championship culture, which is very unrealistic. He's like, you know, even if I decide to leave and do that, that doesn't guarantee you a championship. But, but here, here we are, you know, people sitting here criticizing him day after day because he's being loyal to Portland because he won't leave Portland. Damon, Damian Lillard is going to craft out a legendary Hall of Fame career, whether he wins one or not. And when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, Dame Lillard might make more money just from straight basketball contracts than anybody else in the history of the game. So, Yo, you know, everybody who act like they wouldn't be down for that life because all they you know, I, I, don't want to win. I love respect what Dame Lillard is about almost through and through. Like, the fact that he's really a throwback hip-hop head, the fact that he's a hooper, like he's cut from the Jamal Crawford, Iso Joe, uh, 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 Rod Strickland, uh, Cloth, like, like guys that are really into the craft, guys that are into their culture. But Dame also has to understand, <clears throat> and I think uh, I think he does, that by taking that road, that road less traveled, he's never going to endear himself to the media or the fans because most people will never appreciate the path that he's walking and blazing in the game. He's like, yo, if a championship comes to me organically, I'm thankful, honored by it, and I will pursue it. But I'm not going to do his stuff and team ups to go chase it. I'm not a chip chaser. I'm not a ring chaser. I'm me. <clears throat> I, I, yo, I salute and respect it. I just hope, hope. And, it, and again, it's like he does intellectually, he understands that that's not going to endear him to anyone other than the guys on the War Room Sports Channel and the War Room Sports Podcast. Like, most, most fans, yo, they don't even get what he's trying to say. 
Yeah, because he was like, you know, with this ring-chasing culture, he was like, the NBA now is not the NBA that I came into. He's like, today's version downplays the importance of the regular season. He was like, you know, I feel like I play for the love of the game. I want the competition. I want to know what it feels like to win. I want to see my teammates do well. I want to see my teammates get paid. I enjoy the bonding part of it. We spend more time with each other than anybody, but now that don't count. Regular season doesn't count. Get a ring. This guy's the MVP. This guy did this. What is this? And, I, you know, I agree with him. You know what I'm saying? And we always, you know, we're going to have our stuff to say about players who, you know, got were in it so long, got close, didn't win, this and that. But it has become but it's, but it's way too much of the focus now. It has become a, way too much balance. of the focus now. It's a so we got a culture where players don't even want to play every night because they want to save themselves for the playoffs and stuff like that. Like, it's become a terrible product, man, because of some of these people don't recognize Charles Barkley as a top three power forward all time because he doesn't have a ring. Yeah, and that's now. Like, it wasn't like that when he was playing. It wasn't like that a few years after he retired. But as the league changed, as fans changed with it, and as this culture you know, eased his way in, in, into everything. Now, what you just said, that's exactly how people feel. Like, Charles Barkley ain't that dude because he didn't win. They don't even talk about Carl Malone, John Stockton. John Stockton's name never comes up when people talk about greatest point guards anymore, which is crazy. But, yeah, I, I, I feel Dame, man. I definitely feel Dame. You know what regular, other people are going to say? Oh, that's just loser talk. All these people act like they would do certain things to win, you know, over getting as much money as they could possibly get while trying to win organically. Because that's the thing that people, like, people think, all right, if you stay there and you take big contracts and you don't team up with people, act like you're not trying to win. But, like, do you not watch Damian Lillard every night? That's go the out only there way to and, win. And give his all? Right. Do you not watch him go out there and, and try to crack heads night after night? You think he's not trying to win? So it's it's, it's definitely weirdo culture for sure these days, man. And it's, it's all a winning irritating. is not the same. All winning no. is not the same, and winning at all costs is not cool. Winning at all costs is not cool, man. All right. Well, speaking of some of this culture, the NBA is closing in on an agreement to set game a games play threshold for major awards eligibility. How do you think something like that will go across? Now, I don't know what the numbers are of what they're thinking about setting. I know you already have to play at least 58 games to win, like, the scoring title, to be eligible for, like, the statistical titles. But for major awards, you know, MVP, all that kind of stuff, they're going to set a threshold of games, amount of games that you have to play to even be eligible. Do you think this does anything for the low management culture? Uh, yeah, I think it'll change it. I think it'll change it to guys for guys that are conscious and cognizant of those awards in their contract, for sure. Your mid-level to upper-level stars. Um, I think that the players' union is probably going to fight this, but I, I, obviously, I think it's good. I think it's now. I think it's what you just said is keto, B. When you said um, in contracts and stuff like that, because that can definitely be a way to reinforce it. Like, 
if the league makes the rule, that means the team, when they're doing contracts and they're structuring contracts, they need to piggyback off of that and start making sure there's always, I mean, there's always incentives and, and bonuses and contracts now, but it needs to be that way for the better players more than ever because you have something that has your back now. So it's like you get an extra this and this if you win MVP. You get an extra this and this if you win Defensive Player of the Year, blah, blah, blah. It gives these dudes, you know what I'm saying, it's another component to kind of team up with the rule that the NBA is trying to make and help reinforce and help get some of these guys back on the court. It's a shame, B, in my opinion, that we have to find ways to trick players playing the game that they supposedly love. It's crazy. Do we do we do we do we, do we blame the player? Do we blame the culture? Do we blame you know I I, I don't know. It's kinda I mean, like you gotta James blame the Harden. player for following the culture. You don't have to do this. There's some players out here who won't do this. There's some players like yo man come on. We got players speaking out about it now. Even young boys like Ant speaking out about it. Like saying like stuff like Kobe said, stuff like Mike said, like and in their day, stuff didn't even cost this much. But I got a family of five. You know how much it would cost us to go to an NBA game these days? So imagine woo, all of my kids had the same favorite player. So you're like, all right, here's a gift to y'all. I'm going to take y'all. When that player comes to town, I'm going to take y'all to the game to see your, your favorite player. We're going to go see Steph Curry play. We're going to go see John Morant play. We're going to go see LeBron James play when he comes to town. We do all of that. Parking costs a grip. It's going to cost you at least $30 to park these days in most cities. Uh, get down there. You Before you get to your seat, you go to the concession. Five people at a concession is going to run you like another $100. Tickets to this game are going to run you at least $500. And I'm being very conservative with that because I don't sit in the nosebleeds. <laughs> so tickets might be anywhere between five and $800 for, 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 for a family of five. So you get all your stuff from the concession, another hundred, and you walk your ass down to your seat, and everybody coming out for warm-ups, and your man got on street clothes, and you've been checking all day, ain't nothing wrong with him, he ain't got no injuries or nothing like that. How do you feel, like, in that situation? Especially if you're, like, on some blue collar, I'm working, I'm just trying to do something crazy nice for my family. I don't have it like that. I might not even be a big fan of the NBA. It might just be about this particular player on this particular night. Like, how does that, you know what I'm saying? How do you endear yourself to the fans doing stuff like that? And people want to say, well, it ain't about fans. It's about championships. There would be no game without the fans, though. I mean, I'm not one of those people that think this gives the fans the right to do and say whatever they want when they come to a game. But there is something that you do owe, you know, to your fans, like let's not be crazy here because playing in front of an empty arena, none of those dudes like that after COVID and during COVID, playing in an empty arena, nobody liked it, and the NBA wouldn't have liked it if that was what they had to do for the next few years, losing all kinds of revenue because the people who you know support the game financially aren't there. So how does that type of stuff make people feel? Be like, come on. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. I think that society is being conditioned to, at the very minimum, accept, uh, um, the accepting of it, 
and so it continues. You could argue, listen, you have the power to force these folks to change it. I, I don't see a lot of solidarity in in the approach with with fans and and people in changing things. Here we 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 don't we don't have that. So it's almost like a guy like James Harden. I like Harden but I don't get to appreciate his true talent, I feel, because he's busy pursuing the way the game is played now today as opposed to being true to it, being true to competitive greatness. And it's like, because I'm, listen, I don't even know if I've ever said, like, I wanted to like James Hart. Like, I wanted to like him. Like, I wanted to like him coming out of OKC. Like, I wanted, right. I thought, yo, this boy nice, man. His skill level, you got to love skilled play. Like, his skill level is so high. But, yo, that stay in Houston, I'm like, you and I talked many times about, yo, I don't want my kid watching him. Yeah. He don't, yeah. he don't, even at this age and stage of my life, there's still guys, Dane being one of them, where I see him play and it inspires me. Like, yo, I want to grab a ball and go hoop. I don't see that in Harden. I don't see that in a lot of players today. There's a lot of players I don't feel inspired by what they do. And that's what the game of ball was for, for me growing up, the inspiration, the creativity, the competitive. My bad, man. Breaking news. Like we said earlier in the show, there is not an NCAA tournament if a 15 doesn't beat a 2. And – Princeton just beat Arizona. <laughs> Yo, every time like a sixteen a sixteen has only beaten a one one time in tournament history. But a fifteen huh. beats a two every single year. It's not a lot, it's always one of the four. But it, it always happens and it happens. So just wanted to say that. But no, I I feel you B because just like you, like it's good as Harden was, as skilled as Harden was, he's not the dude that you want to show to your kid, like, to, to, to learn the game. He's just the dude, you know, you just want to, if you just want some entertainment, you know, grab a beer with the fellas and you want to see some crazy stuff, you watch him. But, yeah, he, he's not who you want to influence your kids. But the crazy part is about it, since, you know, I've been coaching kids for the last few years, his influence is wild out there. His influence, yo. Steph's influence, and it's ugly. Yo, it's yo. ugly. Because my son, my son, my son kids aren't even strong enough to 14. do the stuff that Harden can do, yet they try to do it anyway. Fourteen. You know how strong 16. you got to be to travel backwards Doesn't hoop. and then shoot a three while you're traveling and backwards? Does step, does step back as like a regular shot. I say, yo, your percentage <clears throat> is 15% lower than it would be if you just shot a normal jumper. Yeah, like I, I tell like kids that missed. five times a week. I'm like, yo, y'all are always, like, going away from the basket when you shoot the ball because <laughs> y'all are watching these dudes too much. Like, you're going away from the basket, and y'all aren't even strong enough to do this. Y'all are heaving up dumb shots because you see Harden do it. But it's the culture, man. It's the culture. And we had a point. Now, this, this don't really um, – you know, Harden really don't have a big part in this, but part of the culture where we got to force dudes to go out on the court and play. It's crazy that the league has to make 
rules surrounding this. <laughs> I just find that crazy because they get paid way more than the, the people of yesteryear who would, you know, play through little nicks and pains. Nobody's going to be 100% at any point during the season. So it's it's crazy what they get away with these days. All right, so um, our quote of the week, <laughs> healthy and locked in, I think I'm up there with the best to play both ends. That's a quote from Paul George, but that's a quote after he gave us his top two-way players of all time at each position. Would you like me to read his list of top two-way players at all time at each position? Let me know if you agree with him. Point guard, Gary Payton. You agree with that? Agree. Agree. Shooting guard, his airness himself, the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Agree. Small forward, me, myself, and I. Paul George, PG-13. Uh, I respect it. I respectfully right. disagree. Well, let's, let, let's move on, then we're going to rewind to that. We're going to type right back to that. Mm-hmm. We're going to push the, the joint back. Um, power forward, Kevin Garnett. Ooh. Not mad at all at that. Slightly but disagree. Could be, but, but could but, be other people. I mean, all of them. Could be other people. Yeah, maybe not, not all of them. The some cars. of them are cut. Some some of them are cut and dry. Yeah. Um, center, Hakeem, the Dream, Olajuwon. <laughs> Agree. Agree. I it's mean, very respectable. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, very respectable list. Very respectable pick with the center. Of course, any center, in any center question you ask could be Will Chamberlain. Um, but, you know, all people going to say is, well, Will didn't have to guard people as, as skilled as Hakeem. So, you know, you're going to hear all that era stuff. But for when he played and what he did, come on, Will unofficially probably blocked like 20 shots a game. So, I mean, say what you want. Um, you really can't put Bill Russell there because he might have done it defensively, but he was a little limited offensively. All right, but let's go back to the point of it. The point of it is Paul George mentioned himself in all of this. And for, for most people out there, y'all may not know, like I, I've been a very big Paul George supporter in his time in the league. I'm very, I will, you know, quick to acknowledge Paul George does and says some of the dumbest stuff that you will hear somebody uh, do and say, even off the court and impregnating, you know, strippers like twice. Um this one, however, when you first hear it and you hear the company that he's in with all these other players, your first thought is like, F.O.H., man, stop talking stupid again. But then you sit and you really, really think about it. You're like, okay, even if you don't come up with Paul George, is he, like, really, really out of line on this, B? Um. It's not that he's really out of line. Here, here's what I'll say with Paul George. Who's the first name that comes up for you? Scotty right. Pippen. At, at three? Right, right. Same, same thing for me. Scotty Pippen, right? But then I start yeah. thinking, Scotty wasn't really all that great offensively. You know what I mean? Like, Scotty wasn't really all that great offensively, especially for what a small forward is supposed to do. Because Paul George actually does what Scotty Pippen does. 
run the offense and all that stuff that they thought was crazy for a forward back then. Paul George does that with ease, and he scores more than Scottie Pippen did. So it's like, is it really crazy if Scottie's the first name we think of? And and Paul George ain't no ain't no guarding tool on the defensive end, never has been. No, but then you also ask, is Paul George the best two way three on his team? But I guess we're counting Kawhi Leonard as a deuce. So I guess we're counting Kawhi Leonard as a shooting guard. Yeah, talk. We think we think we think alike. (laughs) We think we've been around each other for so long. You're gonna talk through at least eighty percent of my points. I'm like he's not actually better than Kawhi. My thing with Paul George, my thing with Paul George is this. Let's start here. Paul George, to me, is an underachiever. Even though, looking at the numbers, looking at some of the accolades, he's, car- he's carved out a borderline Hall of Fame career. He has. I get, like, I get you. He's a if, – if, two, two more seasons of this type of production, and definitely, if he gets a chip, He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. For the skill level that he's possessing. Right. Uh, yo, I don't and, – and here's the other thing. But he's him. a mental under, underachiever, B. And you know yeah. those players because we talk about him all the time. He's a Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, he's like more skilled than anybody out there but is comfortable settling into a beta seat that are just being a there you go. Let me ask. Let me ask this. As here's another thing you could argue. Now I've seen Paul George Page play the three. I've seen him play the three quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I've also seen him play the two, and I feel like he's played as much two guard as he has as he has three man. And now on the Clippers, he definitely is playing more two than he is three. Well, they got Kawhi playing deuce a lot. But Paul George handles the ball a lot. Why, let's a point why a four, a four now in a world where we play with unpowerful forwards, you can just throw Kawhi out there at the four, Paul George at the three, and whoever at the two. Like, you don't need to have a post-up big man at the four. You can just run with basically two small forwards. And they're definitely interchangeable. And Paul George is sneaky tall. He's taller yeah, yeah, than he's he seems. He's legit six eight, maybe six nine, and he I don't look that nine, way man. because he's so fluid. Yo, he's so fluid with the ball that he's it point guard fluid. He's, he's six yeah, three he fluid. As much right. love as we give Kevin Durant, yo, Paul George is actually more impressive, like ball handling wise, because he don't look like he's tall. Right. Like his dribble moves are are he look like he's six two, six three, but um, that that you know his heart looks like it's six two, six three sometimes as well. Um, I'm not mad. I'm not mad because I understand his talent level and the numbers that he's capable and does sometimes put up. I know what, I know what he could have been and what I believe he should have been. So I guess even in that context, I'm not mad, but no, no, I can name too many three men that would come like, honestly, LeBron, I, but that's like the point. LeBron, I, I, really, I really can't. I I never believed in LeBron as a as a as this lockdown defender. I never believed in that. Even though the few years when they did start putting LeBron first team all defense, I just thought that was a, his rite of passage to be who he was 
they were going to exaggerate that. You know, chase down blocks to me is not lockdown defense. And that was like his his great. I'm not saying LeBron was a bad defender. Um, Yeah. But he spent more time, you know, not being a great defender during his tenure than he was being a great defender. And that, you know, that, that might be because he was asked to do so much stuff on the other end, not even just scoring, but setting everybody up. There's always context and reasons behind everything. But I don't know, as a two-way player, I don't know if I'll put LeBron over over him. See, and that's the, that's the thing. And it, But even if I did, I can't name a lot. Even if we, okay, if I give you Bron. I give you Bron as a name that comes up, give you Scottie Pippen, as a name that Kawhi. comes up, give you Kawhi as a name that comes up, but Kawhi, Kawhi don't play might enough. go down in history as a shooting guard. Kawhi is really only six six. His arms as long as hell and his hands big as hell, so he seems bigger than he is. But Kawhi might go down in history as a shooting guard. But even if I give you Kawhi, okay, that's that's three people right there. We talk about in the history of the game. So if, so if he's still in the top four or five people that might come to mind, but that but this is the thing though, B. Maybe when if you say this without it being him that's talking about it, maybe he doesn't even come to mind, even though he deserves to come to mind. Maybe we don't even say Paul George, and if somebody brings up Paul George, like, oh, shit, I forgot about Paul George. He belongs in that. That's his problem. His name isn't as big as anybody else that we're talking about. So it looks funny. Ooh him putting himself on this list because you just don't seem like as transcended as a player as the other four dudes that you named. So that's what I think it is. Like it looks crazy for his name to be in any starting five with any guys on that level. And even, like you said, the three or four people that you can name in his position that could be on that list. But I don't, I don't think he's crazy for it. You know what I'm saying? He might be crazy for saying it himself, but (laughs) – but it's not a crazy thought. So yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. But now I definitely get your 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 point on that. Like even if we give you all the people we name, Bron, Kawhi, if we're calling him a three, Scotty, who else though? Jalen, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are on the come up, but they're on the come they up. Are. Jalen, Jalen, Jalen's really a two guard, but because he can't dribble. Uh, <laughs> mm, oh, that's a good. That's a good. It's a. It's a good point. James and, gonna, Worthy, and because they're stars, and Tatum's name is going to be bigger than his. You know, he might start. Like you said, he might surpass him in those conversations. But if you think about two way player, we're talking offense, level of offense, and level of defense. Think about what dude has, though, because Jason Tatum can't really run an offense. No. Paul George can run an offense, and Paul George can step away from running an offense and be your scorer on offense. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's stuff to his game. But then stuff we talked about, not being an absolute dog with that skill set, is always going to hold you back in every conversation because people are just going to look at you differently. Yeah. Even when you deserve some type of props, they're going to look at you differently. Like, he ain't no Tim Thomas. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. ain't unlocked toolbox like that. But 
Paul George has best player in the league count. <laughs> yeah, he really people does. People want best player in the league count. People won't even understand or believe you when you say that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's had a season where he was second in MVP voting. So, yo, you he know, was almost you know, recognized. I, I, uh, but he got I best realized, player in the league count. I realized it wasn't meant to be when he went up against Bron and he was in Indiana, and he just he just couldn't. I, I, it, it was it was a heart thing, I believe it wasn't. But it was thing. but it was different those first couple years in Indiana. The reason why we noticed Paul George is because it seemed like he could. He was going at them. He was going at Bron. Because remember, when he jumped on the scene like that, and we started saying his name, we were supposed to be looking at Danny Granger. That's who we were supposed to be paying cool. attention to. And then this dude came out like, oh, he tough. He going at them. But then when Danny Granger falls off and is no longer a star, and it's all on you now, Paul, then he's like, mm, I don't know, hide back in the corner a little bit. So it's like, don't mm. do it when nobody's expecting it. And then when we start to expect it, now you won't be a jazz nigga. That's the difference right there. All right, but let's, uh, before we talk about what happened this week while y'all were on the Grizz Nye, let's go to the phone lines real quick. We got the homie Tobias calling in. His tide uh, got out of the first round with a nice little blowout against uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Roll damn tide. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide, fellas. Hey, Basketball about what's to going on, gentlemen? The number one sport at the University of Alabama. Football better get their stuff together. Hey, at least the team, at least the team of Alabama carrying their weight. Need football yeah. to carry their weight. Um, Am I justifying but, all these Hellcat purchases? Purchases? Come on, man. Hey, man, Nick Saban owns a Mercedes dealership. We got nothing to do with that. Everything is above board. And be off of your son. They got a good soccer team out there. They will provide you guys suitable transportation and housing. Let yeah, you know hey, that. Uh, hey, <laughs> Tobias, they reserve the Mercedes for the parents. Yeah. Kids get Hellcats. <laughs> the parents get Benzes. <laughs> Straight from the coach's dealership. Uh, yeah. Above board, though. Above board. We above board. Be like, don't even sign here. That's what I'm saying. But y'all talking about those two-way players, right? And my cousin, look, he's a big LeBron fan, right? And I said all these stats, right? And I said, the one, I said the GOAT debate, right? It's all like this nuanced stuff, right? And it's all made-up stuff. I said, Michael Jordan actually has something that I don't think will be broken. And 10 scoring titles along with nine first-team all-defense and uh, as a two-guard. I don't know if we'll ever get that again because you don't even see guys lead league and scoring two years in a row nowadays. Right. And, uh, and, and I think what and – like, and I always said people like him, his defense is actually underrated. Even they thought Magic was like, oh, yeah, they put Scotty on him. Mike was playing Magic pretty well in that game, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, but in that in that game one, yeah, I think it was game two where he fouled, got a foul shot. I remember that one because I was pissed. You know, Marv no, I, I just, was happy. Like, yo, that I went back and watched that series, man, and and actually took notes. I'm talking about down to possessions where I was. Yeah, that narrative is so overblown about Magic giving Mike all of this work, so they had to switch Scotty. Scotty made it better, made the series easier, not because Mike couldn't handle him, because Mike had to do all the scoring. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's what it was. Magic scored 19 points in game one. 
um, I had the sheet somewhere where I took these notes. Magic only had Magic only made like two or three field goals the whole time. Everything was from the foul line. Um, like you said, Mike got in, in a little bit of foul trouble, um, but it wasn't like oh, Magic is dominating and Mike can't guard him, so he in foul trouble. It's a lot of uh, yo. I'm telling you that narrative was so overblown. Making the switch. All that did was free Mike up to not be tired when he had to go score the ball. We're talking about Magic Johnson because they just go with the story and act like it's law, and nobody, you know, nobody is allowed to challenge you on that. Like, yo, I actually went back for this reason, watched that game possession by possession, took notes on, like Magic didn't even shoot a great percentage. Mike played very good defense on Magic Johnson in that game. And plus, we're talking about Magic Johnson files down in the post. Yeah. And we're talking about Magic Johnson now. We ain't talking about no stiff, by the way. So that's right. no shame to get cooked by Magic but anyway. But it is definitely no shame in it. But it still was a, a bogus narrative, yo. Yeah, Magic shot it's something fun. crazy, like two for for nineteen. He shot something crazy in that game, and and made got nineteen points just off the foul line, but. Go ahead, my James man. Harden, is, is, but uh, is, but yes, yeah, so but y'all talk two way. Scotty Pippen, people don't realize he Scotty Pippen's not a two way player, uh, because he doesn't like y'all was saying he doesn't get the same offensively or defensively. Because in those because I hate what people say. Well, Scotty Pippen showed up, Mike to win the first round. Yeah, those seven point nine points a game his rookie year. He wouldn't even start. Really, they put him over the top. But the thing was, Scotty offensively wasn't Paul George, and uh. But, you know, because that was times of those Bulls years. No one scored for eight, nine minutes besides Michael Jordan. But there ain't no knock on Scotty. That's who he was, you know. Everybody's not that guy. And I remember a lot of young NBA players, when they say whose game today they want to emulate, Not most of them say Paul George, <laughs> you know. Wait, who said Paul that? Paul George. say that? Yeah, a lot of younger players say that. They, whose game would like to emulate is Paul George's. The thing, but the problem is, it's like Paul George has number one ability, but number two mentality. Right. Everybody's yeah, got a number one. It's just mental. Hey, and shout out to my man Keith. He said Bernard King. I was like, well, Bernard to give you fifty, but Bernard ain't really playing Bernard, defense. And that might be circumstantial as well. He didn't have the knees to play defense. So yep. if anybody was going, you know, should have. If anybody should have load managed, it should have been Bernard King. Then he threw out John Havlicek. I can't really speak on John Havlicek, but I've heard John Havlicek's name come up in this very conversation, so it must be yeah. a, a, a it must be a legit, you know what I'm saying, addition to the conversation. But 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 when it know. comes to big man, Hakeem is it because he got the scoring in the defense. The guy has the most blocks ever, which will never be broken, and he's also number ten and still at the center. And 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 he also had to guard cats like Shaq, Ewing, Robinson, (laughs) Smith, Ewing was people before that, Moses, Malone, like all kinds. He had to guard you know a a crazy plethora of people when when you know at the time when the NBA was getting different. You know what I mean? Cats wasn't just back to the basket. Cats wasn't just shooting hook shots. So. Yeah. And y'all, y'all talk about under, y'all talk about Paul George underachiever. I think Shaq is the greatest underachiever in NBA history. Okay, he could have uh, even been. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think the biggest underachiever in history, but Shaq, based on Shaq's size, he might be talent, athleticism. He should be easily in the conversation for greatest of all time. Like mm-hmm. easily, like it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a whole debate. It should be him, Wilt, and Jordan. Like why Shaq couldn't average forty and twenty? Why Shaq? <laughs> Wachak never averaged even close to 15 or, or 16 boards consistently. Like Shaq, Shaq's rebounds are paltry compared to what he's capable of. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the story yep. with Joel Embiid, too. But Joel Embiid is also away from the basket so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joel, Embiid, yeah. Like, so, Joel Embiid plays the two. That's, that's, that's part of the reason he's hurt a lot because he got the big man doing guard moves all the time. Oh, Joel yeah. Embiid might be a name we should have put up there when we was talking about who could be in front of Paul George. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Joel Embiid up there. And, and, you know, and, like, and one thing y'all talking about this whole MVP race, right? Uh, the crazy part about Jokic's numbers is if you don't look at advanced numbers, the only of his numbers that's really mind blowing are his assist numbers. Like I know he's yeah. just a great percentage, but those as a big man, those are great numbers. The points and the rebounds itself aren't like two K numbers, if you get what I'm saying. Ain't you know, and uh I think the I rebounds think that, are impressive because of what we're talking about. Because there's so many bigs in the league who don't average as many boards as we think they should. They all, they all the three and that might be because the game is changing, and they all stand on the perimeter. The fact is, though, he also stands on the perimeter, runs yeah. the offense, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and he still finds a way to get down and dirty and get, get rebounds. I tell you what, I tell you what, there's one thing, there's one hole in his game, offensive game, and he's awesome, he's a great passer, he got folks thinking Jamal Murray's Kobe, uh, you know. But this year is going to be the year where they say, hey, hey, Jokic, we need to get 40 tonight. You got to go get it, bro. Uh, and, okay. And, and, I hope, and, and I hope he's able to do that because I want the guy to do well because he's, cause Denver has a good fan base. And I think they'll do fine in the playoffs, but I just think that, you know, because I think sometimes he's got to be that butthole and say, hey, Aaron Gordon, you ain't getting these shots tonight, bro. Right. <laughs> let me, uh, let me Jamal take Murray, back. you ain't Kobe. You smush Magic tonight. didn't shoot bad that game. I went and checked just the basic numbers. Magic only yes. took five shots that game. <laughs> and so he was, he was four for five. What I do remember from my sheet, though, like two of those baskets, Michael Jordan wasn't even guarding them on those plays for two of those field yeah. goals. Also remember, he didn't score until like maybe like a minute, two minutes left in the first quarter. Like he didn't score at all until then. So I'm looking at this game, possession by possession. Like what do people, people like? Like history, as the years go on, history will make it seem like he was just dominating Mike. You know, the dude mm-hmm. took five shots. I mean, of course he took yeah. more because he um, went to the line. A few times, but yeah, and they he also, also hit like two, two of his old. two of his five shots were three pointers. Was anybody guarding Magic Johnson at the three point line? <laughs> Be like, he was, he was two for two from three, four for five all around. 
<laughs> we're like, magic shoot threes, knock yourself out. And, like, they, those are the same people that say, oh, the Pistons got old. I was at Thomas retired, he was 32. But anyway, uh, you know, but right. y'all talking about, like, uh, you know, like the I see this whole Lamar Jackson story. The only, I tell you the one thing that's holding up some of these bad teams. They're in a rebuild, but they also got to pay someone $40-something million guaranteed a year. So it's kind of like a damn you, damn you don't. How are we going to rebuild this team? But we also got to shell out $40 million and give up draft picks at the same time. Uh, and, I, and I think like someone like Atlanta who's in a full rebuild who needs picks, okay, you get them, but what about your team, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, but at the same time, this is where this man needs an agent to smooth things over. Maybe he should take a shorter deal that's fully guaranteed like Kirk Cousins was doing. Because if you're a good quarterback, they're going to keep paying you. Somebody will. Because you see a lot of bad ones, Daniel Jones, getting paid. So I think maybe a three-year deal fully guaranteed. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, oh. definitely. Oh, before I go, I know everybody. I know like the Panthers trade up for the number one pick. Shout out to the Bears for building around a running back, so DJ Moore will catch passes from a wildcat QB, a wildcat QB. Uh, you know, but uh, like the draft, right? I know people. Anthony Richardson, he's an underwear Olympics, even though he only completed fifty-five percent of his passes in college. You, you, if you travel to number one, you're going to uh, be updating your LinkedIn profile, get your CDL. Will Levis is Jake Locker. Now, if you like C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, that's fine, and vice versa, because C.J. Stroud is prototypical. And I know people say Bryce Young's size is where I'm getting hurt. Hell, Carson Wentz and Matt Stafford's always on the training table. <laughs> They're big as mm-hmm. oak trees. Yeah. Always in, the, it's like, always in the blue tent. Yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So, it's, it's not about the size of the guy. It's about the team and the organization, the place where you go. Because uh, we've seen good quarterback, good talent go to places that's dysfunctional and they fail. And, you, and, and, and they just take the hit on that. But it's funny, though. They said, well, CJ Stroud looked good against Georgia. Well, Bryce Young looked good twice, and the receivers failed him in the second game. <laughs> you know? But I just, but it's like with quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts hey, got this. Tobias always going to. He always gonna cape for his uh hey, his, his Bama guy. Hey, hey, <laughs> I ain't cape for Tua now. I ain't cape for Jalen as a quarterback at Bama. I wanted him gone because he boy can throw the football. I'm sorry, thirteen with thirty one, the championship game I'm done with you. But um <laughs> but no, nah, but I just think that sometimes you got if your quarterback has to have that get on my back, boys, I'm bringing you home, G. Yeah. Some quarterbacks have it, some don't. And to be honest, It'd be hard not to draft this guy the top two picks, though. I know he's small, but it's hard, though, not to. <laughs> All right, we'll see, man. Well, look, we holler at you next week, good brother. Oh, yeah, and by the way, shout out to y'all re-signing Get Burnt Slay over there. You know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought, hey, oh, by the way, guys, I'll say this real quick. You know, about my bucks, right? Bucks fans are mad talking about, well, we ain't tanking. We're going to bring these guys back. Like, bro, we sucked with Tom Brady last year. This means we're going to get Caleb Williams next year or this North Carolina Drake make. He's awesome. And they get mad when you say, well, maybe they should trade Mike Evans. I'm like, Mike Evans is 30. 
Why are we trying to act like we feel great here? It's okay to let Mike Evans go. The Vikings traded Randy Moss in his prime. <laughs> if they could <laughs> trade Randy Moss, we could trade Mike Evans. We could find another receiver. Why are people so scared of finding new receivers? That's an easy position to fill. And, uh, and he's 30, and we suck. So why keep that on the team? He get a draft pick for this guy. Keep a, yeah, get an asset out of it while he's still got some value left. Yeah. Hey, but you guys have a good one, man. You guys take it easy. All right, man. Peace All out. right, bro. No doubt. All right, we got some breaking news. Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan is engaged in serious talks to sell a majority stake of the franchise to a group led by Hornets minority owner Gabe Plotkin and Atlanta Hawks minority owner Rick Schnall. Yeah, mm-hmm. you ready to get out of the 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 business of majority ownership. Nah, he like, look, y'all take fifty one percent of this, so I still get a whole lot of money, but I ain't got to deal with this every day. <laughs> I can sit at home talk with my my daughter in law, Miss Miss Pippen. Um, <laughs> you know, Scotty losing bad in that situation. All right, so before we get out of here, man, talk about what happened this week while y'all were on the grind. While you're on the grind, of course, is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology. If you or your business needs a custom website, then you need to call Digital Extreme Technology. There's no need to break the bank for an effective online presence. You can get top quality results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and financing options are available. So make sure you visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for a discounted rate, make sure you tell them the homies at War Room Sports sent you. All right, man. This 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 is crazy to me. I, I'm trying to see where they're going with this one. The WWE registers with the Indiana Gaming Commission. Of course, you know, what that tells you is this is the first step into making professional wrestling eligible for gambling, for betting. How the hell do you gamble How on scripted material? You know how many people will be dumb enough to do this, but then will be so upset when something didn't happen the way they thought was, was going to happen? Because what I hear, like, as a result of this, they would keep some of their, you know, keep their storylines a little closer to the vest. Like, I'm not a part of, you know, WWE culture right now, so I don't really know if people have an idea of what's going to happen when you go to these certain, I can ask Neil um, if she's in the chat room. I can ask Neil, Neil, let me know either by text or in the chat room or whatever. Let me know. Like when you watch these WWE events, like is there things that you hear where you might know how things are going to go down in the end and the interest is just the process and how it's going to get there and how entertaining it is to get there like, do you guys know what's going to happen most of the time? Do you have no clue? Are you ever surprised by um, some of these results? Because I can't see how this wouldn't crash and burn, allowing people to gamble their hard-earned money on WWE entertainment. What's your thoughts, B? Yo, this she said the answer is yes. <laughs> They're cheats and predictability. <laughs> so so Yo, how can this – 
She says surprises yeah. are very rare. So how the hell do you come on? Why do they even want to bring this in to the mix? Yo, this, this can only end badly. Yo, I can't. I can't answer. Yo, that this is the most insane thing I think I've ever heard. Like literally, <laughs> I, I don't. You're gam- You're gambling on something scripted. You know how corrupt this is going to be? Because the people who know somebody at WWE, if they're not already asking, like, yo, how's SummerSlam going to end? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? You're definitely going to be asking now. And it's going to be something in it for those people to leak that information because you know the information. At least in regular sports, the information you can leak is maybe a, a small injury here and there that people don't know about. Uh, a player excuse me, going through some personal stuff that you don't know about that you think might affect him in the game. So you can get tips that might turn the game, and that helps you. You can actually get the exact thing that's going to happen and bet on it. You know how to – even prop bets. Who's going to be the first person to get punched in the left eye? Well, let me go to my homie and ask. Who on the script to get punched first? <laughs> like – I think they're going, you know, because there's a lot of people that are still in the culture of professional wrestling, and they love it. And I can see how and why they love it, even if I can't understand it, you know, for myself. I can see how other people would be into something. This can do nothing but taint their love and taint the material because it's going to get so corrupt. It's going to get so corrupt. All right. That, that's crazy. We'll, we'll see. Well, you know how that's going to go. Maybe maybe he's registering it. Is the XFL, is, is Vince McMahon, does he still have something to do with that? Because uh, yeah. maybe WWE is just the parent company for something else, and they got to put the, you know, the stuff in that name. I don't know. I hope it's something like that. Because you can't gamble <laughs> on professional wrestling, man. Cannot gamble right. on professional wrestling. It's ridiculous. So you, so young boy Bronny James fails to make first team all league in his high school league. Um, are you surprised at that? So on the Sierra Canyon team, whatever division, whatever, wherever they play, he didn't make first team all league. Uh, I'm not surprised because he's not that good. But he's a McDonald All American, but didn't even make first team all league in his. Listen, to, this, to Jimmy, like this further Jimmy, makes McDonald's look bad, you know. I mean, but Jimmy, if you, you know what you're looking for, McDonald's trying to bring attention to the game. So LeBron's son is the biggest attention getter that you're going to bring yeah. to the game. But everybody knows this, and McDonald's is just looking bad off of this to whole Jimmy, thing. To Jimmy's point about – Average like 13, 14 points a game, yeah. About nepotism, right? I don't – it's bad – for the game. It's bad for the game. It's terrible. Nobody cares about the game anymore. It's about the entertainment. Nobody cares about the game. He's winning because of nepotism, and nepotism ain't bad. That's all I'll say. That's where I'm going. I'm definitely cool with nepotism. It's our term. So in no way, shape, or form when we talk about this, am I mad at Bronny or LeBron for any of this, the only criticism that there is to be levied is the people 
who are benefiting most from this, and they're like, we're going to let this attention take away all of our values. If LeBron has a, a, a you know, if he has the power <laughs> for nepotism, all right, that's, it's our turn. Why not us? You know what I'm saying? And if I'm Bronny, why not, you know, why not benefit off the spoils of <laughs> of my dad's hard work? Like, why not? Like I said, the only criticism, in my opinion, that could be levied is to these entities, people like, you know, McDonald's. McDonald's All-American used to be, used to at least seem like, top 24 players in America. Dude's nowhere near that. So if it turns into what today's culture is, well, we need as much attention as we can possibly get. Get some attention grabbers in here. Then you understand why certain people like that are, you know, are in it. But no, Bronny, Bron, continue to do what you got to do. If if nepotism gets him in the NBA, maybe undeservedly, and gets y'all to play on the same team to make history, then you do what you got to do. Not mad at you at all. All right. Um, Shaq has been accused of avoiding being served in the FTX lawsuit. Remember, FTX is that cryptocurrency that a lot of celebrities endorsed. So, you know, now that a lot of people have gone bankrupt because of XTF, there's a class action lawsuit going around, and they're saying Shaq keeps avoiding getting served, um, getting subpoenaed to, to, to go to court about all of this. I'm like, y'all don't have Shaq's schedule? Y'all don't see him on TV? Like, y'all can't roll up to the TNT studios on Thursday nights? <laughs> like, like, wait, you run out the back door when y'all come there? But, yo, Shaq is a funny dude. So he he's avoiding being served, and they throwing them all in the in the news and the headlines about it. What's your thoughts? He's supposed to just sit there and let them knock on the door. Uh, I, I run too. I'd be wanting to hate. I'd be wanting to hate Shaq because of some of the things he stands for, buys into, and believes. Yo, but it's hard, man. Yo, Shaq is hilarious, man. Shaq is. You're talking about someone worth a half a billion dollars. So let's put that in context. If you're worth a half a billion dollars, you can put your you, you can put your hands on five percent in cash for sure. Supposed to have ten percent, but you put whatever they're after Shaq for, he can pay it. But you know what your man says? I'm wealthy, I'm rich, and if I was broke, I would want to run. I'm rich. I might as well run because the consequences aren't going to be the same. Yo, I told you, I would probably do some of the same dumb shit Shaq does just to do it. Well, no, he can pay whatever they ask. My thoughts, though, like, what are they going to do with the celebrities in, in a situation like this, though? I mean, something like this ain't nothing but Koloff culture rearing its ugly head because some celebrity said you should buy this. You went out and bought it. So whose fault is that? Yep. All right, yeah, so who are you going to sue? I hope they're not trying to, like, make these celebrities financially, you know, hopefully they're just subpoenaing them, you know, just just trying to get them in court to testify about what they know. But I really hope they're not going to be held responsible for any of this. You know, it's cool off culture. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do something, but this celebrity who's already rich without this told me to do it. And you believed it, dumbass. Like, they got paid to do that. They didn't do that for free. <laughs> anyway, 
That's what Shaq's doing these days, though. So I guess if we're watching TNT Tuesday or Thursday night and, and we see Shaq jump up from the table and just run off and we don't know what's going on, yo, you can pretty yo, much guess what happened. Like somebody must have got yo, up in the studio with an envelope. Yo, that's something he would do. Yo, he, he would he do would. He would run off the set. He would, he would run off the set, and I would crack up. All right, I so would, um, yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, we just want to send a rest in power shout out. Uh, Felton Spencer, former NBA player Felton Spencer, um, has died at the age of uh, 55. You know, he was a center in the NBA, Knicks, Timberwolves. Uh, a couple of other te- teams, I believe. Um, also, the Louisville single season and career record holder for uh, field goal percentage before he played 12 years in the NBA. So he died at the age of 55. Um, his sister, Tammy Pollock, tweeted of his death on Sunday afternoon, and then Louisville confirmed information with the family. Um I haven't heard yet the the cause of death. So um, shout out to his family and and rest in peace and rest in power to to Felton Spencer. Got anything on that before we roll up out of here? Rest in power, Felton, bro. Wasn't that good, but still. (laughs) Had to take a shot at him. This Dayton Sports History book to you by Sports the Book. I know what it is, man. Go get Sports the Book written by Jimmy the Blueprint. Um, smart people only read the sports, so make sure you go and read the sports. Worldroomsports.com, Amazon.com, SportsTheBook.com. Look, there's a sale going on right now. You, I think you can get your copy for like $3.91. So make sure you go ahead and do that. It'll be the best sub $4 read you've ever had. Uh, this week, this date in sports history, March 16, 1994. <laughs> Excuse me. This was the date that American figure skater Tanya Harding pleads guilty to felony attack on former Olympic teammate. You know, that was one of the crazier things in, in our Ever. lifetime, you know, watching people go at each other like that and watching this whole thing unfold. Um, she was definitely a country thug and, you know, <laughs> she did what she did, had it, had it done. It's crazy. It's crazy. But shout out to to that whole situation. All right, so let's get ready to get up out of here. B, you got any last thoughts? You got any thoughts about the NCAA tournament? Thoughts about uh, anything going on in NBA, NFL, free agency, or anything in the NBA that's going down during the stretch run before we roll? Or are we out of here? We out of here, bro. We out of here? God bless y'all. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our group chat, and the callers who called in to chop it up with us. Shout out to you, Tobias. Shout out to Neil. Shout out to Skyview in the chat room. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch you up on all the sports and entertainment stories of the week. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week, your weekend. Get comfy. Get you some pizza, some beer, whatever you do, some wings. And watch some basketball all weekend long. The NCAA tournament March Madness is here. We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Christian Mingle, wherever else you, you know, you do your social uh, 
your, your social media in, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Till next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. Chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.